You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every year, the 53-man roster cut-down day always brings some pretty big surprises. This year, no exception, and we definitely got a few things wrong on our 53-man roster prediction from yesterday's podcast. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Make sure you join Locked On Bears Facebook group as well, and subscribe to Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. On the show today, we react to at least the initial Bears 53-man roster. We try not to overreact, knowing that it will change for in the next couple of days, but we'll talk about some of the biggest surprise cuts so far, some of the biggest surprises of guys that they kept and position groups that kept particularly deep numbers in some areas and thin numbers at others. And then we'll wrap up looking at some guys that were released by other teams that the Chicago Bears should definitely be taking a close look at trying to bring in either on the waiver wire or as potential veteran free agents to fill out where some needs might still exist on this Bears roster. But I want to start with some of the surprise cuts because on yesterday's podcast, we tried to really go through some of these difficult decisions for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And knowing that we only get to see these players in preseason games and we're not really seeing them every day in practice the way that the coaching staff and general manager is, we knew that we were working from, I guess, sort of incomplete information here as far as you know exactly how the coaching staff felt about each player at each position. And so, like every year, we're going to get things wrong. I don't think anybody has ever nailed, like anybody outside the organization has ever nailed a perfect initial 53-man roster prediction because there's always just other factors that we don't have a complete knowledge of on the outside. But I I still think some of the surprises came, is, is it fair to say surprise came where we expected a surprise to came? Maybe some of the cuts that we didn't think would happen but had a feeling it could have been a possibility. I think for me it starts at wide receiver where the team releases Riley Ridley and the rookie six-round pick Daz Newsom out of North Carolina instead keeping kind of the training camp story Rodney Adams in as your fifth wide receiver. And I thought Riley Ridley would be a player that would be difficult to stash on the practice squad compared to someone like Rodney Adams, who we'll get into in a moment. And I thought, given that Ridley was a fourth-round pick by this team just, what, now three years ago, still they've been holding on to him, giving him every chance, trying to find a a spot for him in this rotation, on this roster, giving him snaps late each season to try and get him some of that experience and see more of what he can do. And then even in the preseason, we saw him playing – more and more special teams. And if you're going to be the number five or six wide receiver on the roster, that has to be an area where you're going to contribute. And I thought Ridley had shown enough of that in addition to still having hope that he could become something more on offense, that he would be a guy that sticks on the 53. But the Bears said, no, you know what? At least for now, at the initial wave of of roster cuts, they said, we've had enough, we've seen enough, and we're ready to move on. Same kind of thing with Daz Newsom. I thought because he had been so... involved in the punt return game. He had been the guy returning all the punts really for the last two preseason games, although uh, I was pointing out on Twitter that uh, 
Demir Bird did have one fair catch against the Bills in the punt return game, so he could be the Bears' punt return option while Tariq Cohen is on physically unable to perform less. But I wondered if that was going to be enough for Daz Newsom to make this team, plus being a player they just drafted because they liked him so much. You know, they, they went out of their way to take him over somebody else with one of those six-round picks. I think that's a fairly safe release at this point. I don't think you're necessarily going to see another team swoop in and claim Daz Newsom just because he has been injured a little bit and hasn't really been super active on offense. And as a six-round pick, he wasn't so highly touted that teams will necessarily, I predict, not really be lining up to get him. And I would pretty much write in pen, in ink, Daz Newsom on this practice squad at the very least. A little surprised that that, that was about it on offense. And we'll get to some of the other spots where they really kept a lot of depth and didn't have, it was a surprise they didn't make certain cuts at a couple of other positions on that, that side of the ball. But defensively, right away, James Vauders, the, outs- the outside linebacker. We know that Travis Gibson had a strong preseason and was clearly kind of passing Vauders on the depth chart, but Vauders stuck around for all of last year and was the fourth outside linebacker in the rotation. He played like 250, almost 300 snaps in the regular season last year. He was a real contributor, even though there wasn't a lot of production. He was at least a he was on the field for this Bears defense a, a decent amount last season. So it was a little surprised to see him be cut that quickly right off of this 53-man roster. Of course, the big headliners here. Maybe I should have led with the cornerback spot. Desmond Trufant released. Hasn't been with the team in more than two weeks now. I believe August 13th was when he stepped away from the team to spend some time with his father before he passed away, I think, August 15th. And they had a funeral I think last week or the week before that, the timeline gets a little mixed up. You know, you want to sort of give Desmond Trufant his time to work through that. I think the report from ESPN's Adam Schefter was that Trufant still wants to play, but just not sure exactly when he's going to be back. Maybe he's a guy the Bears could bring back as a part of how this 53-man roster decisions are being made to sort of, there's been a league-wide trend to cut veteran players and hold on to some of your younger guys to avoid your younger guys getting stolen by other teams, whereas the veterans just become open free agents. So Desmond Trufant and Artie Burns, both were competing to start week one, both off of the initial 53-man roster. Clearly, first thing, Kendall Vildor seems to have won the cornerback competition, but then also some very real concerns here about the depth at that spot and highly expecting the Bears to continue to add something else on this 53-man roster at cornerback in the coming days here, especially losing Marquis Christian as well, or choosing to cut the safety Marquis Christian as well, a guy who's playing well in the slot, filling in a safety, a lot of versatility there. Really sort of surprised to see him not stick around on this roster, given how well he had sort of emerged. The Bears sticking instead with kind of the four safeties that we're used to on this defense. And then the other guy I left on inadvertently in our 53-man roster prediction show yesterday was Mario Edwards Jr., who is not on the 53-man roster because he is suspended to start the season. And so that's uh, that was an oversight by me to, to still count him in my 53, knowing that he was not going to make this initial wave of 53. But it's a good reminder that more things are going to change on this roster very quickly. Like Tevin Jenkins made the 53 because he has to start on the roster before they can revert him to short-term injured reserve. So he's only on the 53-man roster temporarily. That's going to create a spot. They will eventually then need a spot for Mario Edwards to come back from suspension as well, and eventually Tariq Cohen to come back from the physically unable to perform list. So we'll look at where those spots might be, particularly at some of the positions where we were surprised to see them keep some really unheralded young guys that 
didn't seem to stand out all that much in the preseason. We'll go through the biggest surprise keeps before we get through some outside free agents the Bears should definitely be looking at next on Locked On Bears. We are less than two weeks away from the NFL regular season opener. And boy, I am so excited to finally have real meaningful football back on our televisions. And as always, betonline.ag is going to be your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. They've always got the updated odds, prop bets, and some pretty cool contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at betonline.ag. Be sure to also take advantage of their opening day super promo. If you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if your bet loses, betonline.ag will refund your wager up to $25. You just have to make sure that when you sign up, you enter their promo code NFL100. Because that NFL 100 promo code will also get you a 100% welcome bonus matching your first deposit at betonline.ag, giving you double the amount of money for you to play with from the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I think the bigger surprises for me on this Bears 53-man roster was not the players that they released, but the players they didn't release. Most of the guys that we mentioned there was not was not like a player that was a, a guaranteed lock to make this 53-man roster. I thought Trufant and Burns were, were fairly close, but it wasn't totally out of the question that maybe one, and apparently both, might miss this 53-man roster. But they kept a few guys on the 53 that I would have bet money were not going to make this initial wave on this roster. As we look really across the whole team, we'll start start on offense with, with five tight ends, J.P. Holtz and Jesper Horstead at the bottom of the tight end depth chart. Matt Nagy likes his tight end depth. He always has over his career as the Bears head coach, and I guess Holtz being able to play some fullback and Horstead being more of like a slot tight end for now. You can sort of see why there's the depth there. We'll see if that if that holds up, as, and, and all these, we'll see if it holds up. But I think that one among among them seems the most likely to hold up among the biggest surprise keeps that you're seeing on this roster. Ten offensive linemen, for example, does not seem like it's going to last. I suppose when Tevin Jenkins goes on injured reserve, that'll make it nine. But I was really surprised to see Lacavius Simmons stick as will then sort of be the ninth offensive lineman on this depth chart. He spent the entire preseason at right tackle. So if you're counting him as a tackle and Larry Borum as a tackle and Elijah Wilkinson as a tackle, that's three backup offensive tackles behind Jason Peters and Jermaine Effetti. And Tevin Jenkins makes it literally six offensive tackles right now on the Bears' 53-man roster before he converts to the injured list. And then you still have Bars as your backup guard and no backup center. Doesn't feel to me like four backup offensive tackles, or I guess three backup offensive tackles, is a very sustainable model for this offensive line right now. I would say same thing for wide receiver. Just having only five seems a little bit slow to me, right? We knew it would be Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, and Demir Bird, and then I thought it'd be Ridley and Newsom as five and six. Instead, it is Rodney Adams, and I'm I'm interested to see if Rodney Adams truly does stick or if this is them really trying to protect him as a potential practice squad player. Because we saw, of course, 
a couple of the really nice big catches during the preseason, but in the actual games themselves, it didn't feel like we saw a lot more than that. And in particular, we really didn't see Rodney Adams play that much special teams. In fact, the final preseason game, he didn't have a single special teams snap. So if you're going to stick as the fifth wide receiver, you got to be able to contribute somewhere. And, and you're probably not going to see Rodney Adams getting a ton of offensive snaps. I mean, Demir Bird will play some special teams perhaps, and maybe Marquise Goodwin, but like, you need more out of your backup wide receivers unless he's just been so good at special teams during practice that you know, they, they felt like he would be good there. Like Even going through his entire preseason, I count a total of eight, no, excuse, yeah, eight special team snaps across three preseason games is not enough to prove that you're a really good special teams player, whereas Riley Ridley was playing all over special teams. And that's why I really felt like Rodney Adams didn't have much shot at this 53 and why I still think he could still be cut before week one and ultimately reverted to the practice squad. We'll see exactly how Matt Nagy and company decide that they want to keep handling this moving forward. But those are sort of where, like, it feels fluid there at the bottom of wide receiver, the bottom of the offensive line, and maybe the bottom of tight end. Definitely don't think the Bears are going to stick with seven inside linebackers on the 53-man roster. That has to be a league-leading number of inside linebackers. I didn't think they'd stick with six. I was questioning whether they would go four or five. And so to be at seven tells you that there's going to be some sort of change there. You can only start two of them, and then they have five backups for their two starters. It just, that's not, that's, that can't be how they're going to hold off. Caleb Johnson, the undrafted free agent, sticking as sort of the the super surprise seventh, right? I mean, I was a little surprised to see Josh Woods necessarily stick at six, but Caleb Johnson, an undrafted free agent out of Houston Baptist, played a lot of snaps in the preseason, played some special teams, and, and didn't play terribly by any means, but you've got a couple of veterans in Alec Ogletree and Christian Jones, and then Josh Woods and Joel E.A. Booneyway have both been in this Bears defense for four years, so right, there's no, re- there's no way Caleb Johnson sticks over any of them, so then it just becomes a, far, a matter of how far do you trim down from inside linebacker, do you go from seven to six or to five or even potentially down to four? On our 53-man roster prediction, we we went with five with Joel E.A. Booneyway sticking as inside linebacker five and Josh Woods likely being cut because Woods was kind of falling toward the end of that rotation as we were seeing it play out throughout the preseason. It's just, it's a weird, it's weird to look at the initial 53 knowing that it's going to change still, but still seeing seven inside linebackers and only four cornerbacks. It was surprising enough that Trufant and Burns were among the cuts, but then to also keep Xavier Crawford of all the cornerbacks, that one to me was perhaps the biggest surprise. I mean, between here, Caleb Johnson and the seven inside linebackers were far and away the biggest shockers to me where it's like, really? Like what? Like that's, that was what really sort of jarred me. He was a former undrafted free agent out of central Michigan, initially came in with the Texans, bounced around to the Dolphins, spent Part of two, he's been with the Bears on the practice squad for two seasons now, so they have had this desire to keep bringing him back, bring him around, and they've seen that development from 2019 to 2020 to 2021. Maybe they have really liked what they've seen from him so far. For me, I haven't really seen it stand out all that much in terms of like big preseason plays or preseason moments. I mean, if you look back to the the preseason this year, it wasn't like there were those kind of highlights. I mean, he played. A little bit of special teams. Again, didn't really play at all in the final preseason game. It was not, not any defense, not any special teams. I think there might have been some injury in there too. But he was just one of the guys, just one of the 
run-of-the-mill, bottom-of-the-depth chart guys that we just sort of assumed would be cut. And instead, he sticks over Artie Burns and Desmond Trufant. And then you're left with just the sort of the three that we thought ahead of them at cornerback, Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor, and Duke Shelley. Really weird spot for this 53-man roster. And it doesn't feel like wise team-building strategy to... It's not so much that to have four right now because we know they're not going to stay at four. They're going to bring in at least one, maybe two cornerbacks to fill that up and cut down. I mean, they'll even this out. That's not the problem. The problem is when your cornerbacks on the roster right now have like a combined, I, I, didn't, I didn't count, but less than 50 games of NFL experience, less than Duke Shelley is your most experienced cornerback on this roster in terms of years in the NFL. You've got two guys that were drafted last year and two guys that were in the 2019 draft class, and that's it at an extremely valuable position, arguably the most valuable defensive position in the NFL. And so to have very significant turnover at that spot and to be making perhaps some big changes less than two weeks before the regular season starts seems like a bad idea. Now, maybe this is all part of sort of the veteran stash plan here where you release Desmond Trufant, you release Artie Burns to get to the 53-man roster. And then after teams start to set their practice squads, you release Xavier Crawford because you want to make sure you get him on your practice squad, and then you re-sign Desmond Trufant, or you re-sign Artie Burns. We see this type of thing every year, but it seems to be with, with the longer run-up to the regular season, this has been a more common strategy this year, that teams have been cutting some veterans that they do really intend to bring back and holding on to their younger players to make sure that they're not going through the first round of waiver wires, right? Every, every, all the young players that have been cut now can go through the waiver claim process, and teams have a shot to get them. And then if you wait after the first waiver claim and release them the second time, now teams' rosters are going to be a bit more set because they're not anticipating that you're going to release this player. And so another team might be less inclined to poach a young player that you release later on in this run-up to the regular season. So I'm expecting that to happen with somewhere on this Bears 53-man roster, whether it's Rodney Adams, whether it's Caleb Johnson, whether it's Xavier Crawford, I mean... Maybe Jesper Horstead still, or, or Khalil Herbert. I mean, th there's some different possibilities there, but it was surprising to see them cut some of their other rookies like Daz Newsom and Thomas Graham so early, knowing that you're not getting that same sort of idea of trying to protect them as much. Instead, they're more willing to risk that potential loss. They should more or less be okay getting those guys to the practice squad. And I think some of the other guys should too. That's why it doesn't quite fully make sense exactly where this roster stands now but there is still work to be done and I'm not going to give an overall evaluation of this 53-man roster until we know who's actually going to be a part of this team in week one especially if the Bears can go out and add some kind of veteran free agent that became available as far of the as far as you know, throughout these cuts some really pretty talented guys are out there we'll take a look at who the Bears could be interested at particularly with the cornerback spot offensive line and wide receiver next on Locked On Bears. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and then you've also got your neighbor's best friend's login for his streaming service. Well, I want to let you know about a simple way that you can get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And really, it's a great way to, to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no need to ever buy another device again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter 
and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Just today, I got a package in the mail for me from our friends at BuiltBar.com, reloading on a box of the world's best-tasting protein bars. This time, I went all-salted caramel. It's really might be my favorite of the Built Bar flavors, but I like to mix in coconut, cookies and cream, strawberry, oh, and so many others. It truly is the taste of a candy bar with the nutrients of a protein bar. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're delicious, but most importantly, they are low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. I have not found any other product on the market that has this low of sugar and calories with with the protein packed in it, and it tastes really good. You don't get none of that chalky crap or any of the like cardboard kind of taste. It legit the salted caramel built bars for me taste like a healthy Milky Way. I'm telling you. You got to try it for yourself. You can even get the mixed box that has all the different flavors. You'll find your favorites. And I'll tell you right now, none of them are bad. It's just a matter of which ones you like better than the rest. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Because so many teams cut veterans as part of this sort of strategy to keep younger players and maybe try and sneak them more on the practice squad later on, some legit talent, some starting, literally last year starters, starting caliber players available for the Bears and the rest of the NFL to try and comb through. And the challenge with this is that, A, as I'm... As I'm recording this podcast, they're free agents. They could very well sign quickly by the time you're listening to this, and the Bears' 53-man roster could change. But also, some of these guys could be released with a wink and a nudge saying, hey, we're going to cut you, but we fully intend on bringing you back tomorrow after waivers go through, and we shift our roster, and we put this guy in injured reserve, and this guy gets suspended, you know, all the different machinations of the 53-man roster. So there's no guarantee that all of these players will be truly up for grabs. But as of... The night, as of Tuesday night leading into Wednesday morning after 53-man roster cuts, these guys were made available either to claim on waivers or as an open market vested veteran free agent. Let's start at the cornerback position because I would almost guarantee the Bears have to sign at least one cornerback somewhere, whether it's re-signing one of their own or what. But you can't go to the NFL regular season with four cornerbacks on your roster. That's just not... you. you It's not sustainable. You can't do that. I think the headline we're starting to see floated out there for every team right now that has some cornerback needs are Jimmy Moreland from the Washington football team. I think this is only entering his third season in the NFL, but he's been, you know, kind of one of these, I don't want to say young and up and coming, but he's, he's played well in his two seasons. He was a, uh, mostly a slot cornerback for Washington, but he played some outside when they needed him to. And there's, it feels like, He's a player that can still be ascending, right? He was, he was cut for a reason. He wasn't good enough to make their 53-man roster. This is not a guy who's going to come in and have a breakout six-interception season necessarily, and we should make sure that's our expectations and the bar we're setting for any of these free agents that we're talking about. It's, there's a reason they didn't make their 53-man rosters because every team felt like, for the most part, 
they had better options. So there's there's that sort of caveat to go along with it. But he could come in and push Duke Shelley right away, or you could have Duke Shelley be more of an outside or versatile backup and have Moreland a little bit more experienced and a, a little more battle-tested, and I think just more consistent, although it's been a very small sample size up to this point for Duke Shelley. If the Bears are looking for out, real like outside cornerback, either compete to start or just somebody with some real experience there, I look at a guy like Razul Douglas, he was cut, I think, most recently here by the Houston Texans. He had been with the Raiders earlier, I think, this offseason, and then during training camp made this move over to Houston and couldn't stick on there. He had he started his career with the Eagles, kind of up and down, and that whole defense kind of had some ups and downs over the years. And he flashed some nice moments here and there, and sometimes schematically they kept putting him like inverted cover twos and some weird weird calls from their defensive coordinators over the years, and maybe he wasn't being put in the best position to be successful. He's with the Carolina Panthers last year, and he's, I don't know, he's always been kind of up and down, and he's not going to be a top-end starting cornerback at this point in his career, but he's a guy that you feel like you can rely on and, and carries more experience with him than somebody like, like Kendall Vildor at this point. And I would absolutely take some experienced veteran depth if you're not going to have Desmond Trufant or Artie Burns as a part of this Bears cornerback group. A couple others that stand up to me, Nikel Rolby Coleman is the guy we talked about on this podcast this offseason as a potential free agent target back in March. I believe he spent training camp with the Lions, started his career with the Bills, spent a little time with the Rams. Last year he was a slot cornerback for the Eagles, and he really, really played well in that Rams defense in particular. And I thought coming to Chicago and trying to emulate some of what Brandon Staley had done in Los Angeles, and I know he was there with Wade Phillips before that too, but I, I really think Nikel Roby Coleman can be a real quality slot cornerback in the NFL. The Lions have invested a lot of draft picks at cornerback lately and ultimately kind of went elsewhere, but for the same reasons with Jimmy Moreland, I think Nikel Roby Coleman would not be a bad addition. He also, I think, filled in at the outside cornerback spot in a pinch, but he's he's real small. I mean, it's not it's not something you, you would want to sign him up to do full-time, but if you needed him to, he, he's shown some ability to do that. Uh, another a familiar face, just real quick to mention, uh, Cravon LeBlanc. He was with the Bears in Vic Fangio's scheme 2016-2017. Been with the Eagles really since then. I think was with the Dolphins this offseason. But if you want a guy that can come in and, and was coached by Sean Desai in Chicago, that would be some instant familiarity. Great special teams player as well and could play some slot at some outside, but maybe not so much a guy you want to start. But no, you could start him in a pinch if you had an injury or something like that just to give you some more depth. And another really experienced veteran, if you really want some guy who has more than two seasons under his belt to pair up with Duke Shelley and Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor, Rashawn Melvin, he had been with the Panthers, I think, this preseason. He had opted out of 2020, so before that, I think he was with the Lions for a little bit and a number of other teams. He's, he's really bounced around the NFL and always seems to find his way into a starting role. He's never been great, really, I think, an average to below average starter, but has a lot of snaps under his belt and has been a part of a lot of schemes and seems to be able to pick things up quickly. If you needed to sign a guy two weeks before the start of the regular season, Rashawn Melvin seems to fit that bill potentially at the cornerback spot. Other big names for the Bears to take a look at, particularly I think the wide receivers stand out to me when you have a guy like John Brown released from the Raiders. He, he asked to be released from the Raiders. He was a 1,000-yard receiver two years ago with the Bills. I mean, he's not washed up. I mean, he's maybe not as fast. He's a vertical speed receiver. Maybe he's lost a half a step, a quarter of a step, however you want to measure it, as he's gotten a little bit older in his career, but he still can do the little things as far as separating and stacking receivers and knowing how to use his body to create that separation at the catch point. He's not a big guy. He's just a vertical speed guy, but he was hurt for half of last year, so we didn't really get to see his full potential, and absolutely signed me up for some added speed and more 
experienced wide receiver depth to add more weapons for Justin Fields and Andy Dalton? Absolutely. Other guys, Philip Dorsett from the Jaguars. He had been with the Patriots before that and the Colts before that. Just a solid number three, number four receiver if you want to have another guy in there to mix in with Goodwin and Bird. And again, more weapons, the better. Some younger options. Kiki Kuti from the Houston Texans, I think was a fourth round pick just two years ago for them. He's been injured, or three years ago. Been injured each year and struggling to stay healthy. But when he has been healthy and on the field, he's been really efficient. And it's sort of like how Anthony Miller was for the Bears, where Houston fans kept thinking he was going to break out and going to break out, and he just never quite did. His his issue was injuries as opposed to between the ears like Anthony Miller, but he's a guy to keep an eye on. And then Travis Fulgham, released by the Eagles. He had like a stretch of like three or four games last season where he went for like four or 500 yards in in like the same month and had this huge breakout, and then kind of the rest of the NFL caught up to him, struggled a little bit, struggled through this preseason, but there's clearly some potential there and some big-time playmaking ability. He just has to get coached up a little bit and keep kind of working through that. And the Eagles revamped their whole wide receiver core this offseason. He didn't really stand much of a chance there. So I I wouldn't be opposed to any of those four guys adding, maybe replacing Rodney Adams or just becoming another wide receiver in that rotation because five still feels a little light. And I want more depth on the offensive line for the Bears. Offensive tackle Tyrell Crosby from the Detroit Lions. He was their starting right tackle last year and has been an important part of their offensive line for a few years. I will take a starting right tackle as opposed to Latavius Simmons and even Larry Borum and Elijah Wilkinson right now. I think Tyrell Crosby is better than any of them. He would instantly be the Bears' best backup offensive tackle, and I think he could even start over Jermaine Fetty or over Jason Peters, depending on where you need him at this point. I think he's potentially that good. The Lions drafted Panay Sewell. They already had Taylor Decker, so Crosby didn't really have a spot, but I think he's, he's very good, and starting caliber offensive tackles don't always come available here two weeks before the start of the regular season. Same with a starting center, Matt Skura released by the Miami Dolphins, had been the starter for the Ravens for three or four years. Bears don't have a backup center on the roster. Skura's probably looking for a starting job somewhere. I I do like Sam Mustafer. I'm not necessarily trying to instantly replace him with Matt Skura right away, but give me somebody with experience at center, and Skura's absolutely probably the best center on the market at this point, immediately after the 53-man roster cut down. And then I look at a veteran like J.R. Sweezy at guard. He had been with the Saints this preseason. Long time with the Seahawks and the Cardinals through his career. Just a, a veteran. He's like 32. He's played a lot of snaps in the NFL. He can play either guard spot, and I would much prefer him to the inexperience of Alex Bars. If I really want to feel better about my offensive line depth to make sure it's not as big of an issue as it was last season when they had COVID and injuries and all that other stuff, and all the injuries we saw during training camp too, just really, I think, should hammer home the idea that maybe this offensive line depth could use some bolstering from the outside, and there's starting caliber guards, tackles, and centers already available for you, released by other teams. We'll see exactly who the Bears do decide to bring in. They're going to they're gonna have to bring in somebody, right? We're expecting some kind of move, and whatever they do, you can make sure we will break it all down for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're getting so close to the regular season. I think with the 53-man roster cut down, we can officially say the preseason is behind us. I appreciate everyone who's been listening along, following along with us, getting ready for this regular season. I will say the Lockdown Podcast Network is helping us all get really ready for the regular season with the Lockdown Podcast Network's ultimate season preview. It's going on now in podcast form, taking you through every team and every division with the help of some of our experts from Odyssey, breaking down all the biggest storylines. We just recorded our NFC North podcast today between you and me. Don't, don't tell our boss. That we recorded today breaking down how we think this division might go for each of the four teams. We got the four NFC North hosts together, and then each division has done that 
throughout the Locked On Podcast Network. So go to wherever you get podcasts and search for the Ultimate Season Preview 2021. Subscribe, follow, and take a listen to all of those season preview podcasts, really breaking down each division with our local experts better than anyone else. They already started, I think, two days ago. The first one started getting going. NFC North will be coming a little bit later on in the process, but listen to them all. Check it out. Keep coming back to Locked On Bears. And most importantly, make sure you always find some time to bear down.